0: Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Witchy Business. As you can probably see if you're watching us, this week is a guest episode and we've got the beautiful Alex Croxford with us today. And as usual, Alex, I will let you introduce yourself in your own words.
1: Okay, hi, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be thank here. For coming. Along, with- <laughs> Along with other witchy woo people, my favorite. Um, Yeah, I'm Alex Foxwood, as you said, I am a relationship maturation coach and I specifically help single women in their 30s and 40s to break free of unhealthy patterns and self-destructive behaviors when it comes to love so that they can move into their new relationship from a completely different space. So yeah, so you've heard it here first, today has been my first decision that I'm purely working with single women. I've been on this journey between between everyone but today I was like this is it I'm this is my direction I'm excited
0: (laughs) I love this so much and this was like part of what we would love to talk about um Mm. with you today like your journey as as a coach and like that business journey of like who you work with and how you've chosen the work that you do and who you work with and the breakthroughs that you've had and all of that so
1: yeah well i mean as most coaches your journey is normally like the well, the thing that's guided you here in the first place i think and my journey started in 2019 um well, kind of 2008. In fact, let's go back to 2017. I got married in 2017 to um, my then partner, who was a um, an amazing guy. We met each other when we were at university and had been together for about six years. Anyway, we got married. And at that point in my life, I was uh, working in television. I was a television exec and had spent, you know, majority of my adult life, all, all my adult life since I left university, climbing the ladder to be, you know, to get to this place, and I got the dream job, which was finally being staff as an exec in TV, and um, I had the house, and I had the husband, and I had the career, and we started to try and have a baby, and couldn't get pregnant, my periods were really irregular, and at this point, I had done no work on myself, I was completely in the 3D, like, there was nothing woo about me, Um and my period's would not be regular whatever I did how hard I worked however much I tried and um it kind of started to spiral me out of this perfect image of my life that I had created with the husband and the career and you know everything the I had the group of friends and the partying and, and all of that living in East London and I realized uh I basically started to spiral my an eating disorder that I'd had like under the surface had really started to kind of Get worse. I started to party harder, take more drugs. I was working even hard, flying all over the world, filming this new TV series. And at the same time, my marriage started to just fall apart, like things within the marriage started to dissolve. But I wasn't really ready to admit it at that point and kind of kept going, kept going, kept going. The whole of 2018 getting worse and worse and worse, still trying to get pregnant. But obviously, still very unconscious, partying, etc. etc. It got to the end of 2018 and I was like, holy shit, I need some help. Like I'm I have everything that I'm meant to have, except for the baby at the time. And but I'm just miserable. And so I reached I, I I again I've never had therapy. I'd never done anything. I was very I thought people used to say to me, you're the most together person I've ever met. You're so mentally strong, which now I'm really lol at. Um, But I reached out to somebody called Nikki Clinch, who I discovered on Instagram. And I just felt this connection to her. I didn't really understand what she was talking about. She kept talking about being in heart. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. But there was something at a soul level that knew I needed that. I was like, I don't know what it, I don't really know what it is, but I need it. And so I went on this two-day retreat that she had in London, and it was a vastly out of my comfort zone. There were crystals, and there was sage burning, and there was like yoga, and there was someone doing like past life regressions, and there was like all this stuff. And I was just like, "This world is very, very out of my comfort zone." But as I sat on the yoga mat, as I walked into this room, I was like, I burst into tears, literally, like everything that I'd been holding onto so tightly for you know, 35, 36 years just started to kind of pour out of me. And over this two days, I started to uncover all this stuff about myself that I hadn't even realised was there. And I came away from that weekend being like, shit, I think this is, this is big. Like, I know this is going to be big now. And so I decided...
0: Uh, I'm going to interrupt you because I'm just like the first your first experience of like working with a coach was Nikki.
1: Yes. <laughs> I didn't even have a therapist. <laughs> Nothing. It was like I went from like zero to like a million. It was just like...
0: Yeah this is like the definition of like jumping blind. Oh. Lately, no yeah
1: wow classic me it's absolutely classic me I'm like I don't do something about halves I'm like if we're gonna do it let's like re- let's like dissolve everything let's like rip all of your skin off let's rip every ounce of your skin off and then we can rebuild from from there so yeah I really was coming in complete I didn't know what she did I didn't know I didn't know what coaching was I just was so desperate for help anyway so I worked started working with Nikki one-on-one Started do lots of group blah, yada 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 still working in television still married it got to like um 2020 and my whole by this point i decided to train as to be a um a holistic health coach because i really i knew i wanted to leave television it was extremely stressful and i couldn't do this for the rest of my life especially if i hadn't had children i was imagining like what am i going to be a tv exec in like at the age of 65 and have nothing except this like i, I can't do this And so I felt very passionately about helping women with their menstrual cycles. I had, by this point, healed my menstrual cycle through doing the emotional work, through, you know, the energetic flow in my body. I'd finally, I'd started to have my spiritual awakening. I was kind of seeing life completely differently. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, everything about myself started to fall apart. And it got to the June of 2020. I was training to be the health coach at the time. And my marriage like it exploded. The whatever we needed to finally talk about, we talked about. And we had to separate. And in that time we moved apart and we lived apart for six months. And that was incredibly um challenging. Like everything that I knew my life to be had just was like crumbling. Like COVID wasn't even a that was just kind of like a side problem, to be honest with you. People talk about COVID, I'm like, I was dealing with my marriage breakdown. So I don't really I don't really remember. And then <clears throat> Nikki started, who I was still working with at the time, had just started doing her training for other maturation coaches. And as soon as she put it on Instagram, immediately I was like, that I have to do that. Like, I know that isn't that is what I have to do. I have to help other women go through the same experience, even though it's so uncomfortable, like I need to help other women. So I signed up for that in the whole time, moved back in with my husband. We continued to try and make it work after after another six months. It was like, we can't do this anymore. Like I had got to the point where he no longer loved me. I could no longer try and make him love me. We were having couples therapy. We're having, you know, individual therapy, coaching, everything. And so I left, I left in May, 2021. And at this point I'd already started training with Nikki to become a maturation coach. So my whole life was starting to like completely and utterly change by now. I was now back single at the age of 38 moved into a flat on my own and um, yeah, I I mean, it was kind of like starting from scratch and I knew at that point, um, I felt like, oh, okay, the hardest bit's done, like I've done the hardest bit now, I've left my marriage, my whole life is gonna, is going to, you know, change, thank you universe for that lesson, I've got it now, thank you, no, the universe is like, we're not done, we're not done with you, you've got more lessons to learn and so i proceeded to get myself into i'll call it the year of the clusterfuck i don't know how much swearing we can do on this podcast but that's the word i'm going to use because the year after my marriage very quickly after my marriage ended and i'm talking like like there's a slight shame that comes up when i say this but maybe it's like two or three months i started accidentally dating this guy and I tried to resist. Oh no, no, I don't want anything. I've just come out of my marriage. I don't think I don't want anything. I don't want anything. But I had to take self responsibility. I was also creating that situation, leading him on. One thing led to another. That ended in a complete disaster. He ended up sexually assaulting me. Ended up with an STI, and he uh, started harassing me, and I had to call the police because um, it was actually quite scary. And so I was like. Like really like this is happening Months after the end of my marriage I was working with my therapist My therapist was like I think you need to have a break From men for a bit And I was like "Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah Absolutely right So I had a little break Like four months And then I started dating again And more and more lessons would come More self abandonment More seeings of my own patterns More understandings And it kind of all culminated In this point where I was like I can't do this anymore Like I am torturing myself I'm torturing my body And I have to do something radical so i decided to choose celibacy i decided to stop drinking i decided that i if i was going to love myself if i was on this journey of self-love which i had never loved myself ever i had to take some radical radical decisions and so i did that and from that place i then quit my job in 20 years in television i knew whether i wanted to become a coach full-time and um i met somebody I met somebody else. And this was about a year after my marriage ended. But he was also celibate. And it was just very, very, very... I mean, nothing's an accident, is it? Um, But it was beautiful. And the experience that we had getting to know each other for about six months without the sex, without all of that, was, like, eye-opening. And he gave me all these opportunities to really discover, like, what it would be like speaking my truth in a relationship. Like, how not to self-abandon, how to be... Uh, how to be with myself and not be obsessed about how somebody else feels about me. And this kind of was just the most incredible journey that I went on learning about myself, learning about dating, learning about love, learning about how our patterns and how our childhoods deeply, deeply impact the way that we love, the way that we date, and the way that we show up in relationships. And unless we are willing to really dissolve or I was really willing to dissolve the root of those those stories and those patterns, I was just going to keep doing it over and over again. So I um, came back. I'd been away to, to Mexico, been to Peru, did ayahuasca, you name it. I've done it all to try and um, break free, let's say. And uh, and yeah, and here I am, like a year later now. Um, it's been, been a year since I came back and doing my coaching business full time. And as I said, fully focused now, as I said, on women who are also in that stage of life, that potentially they have come out of a divorce, potentially they have come out of a relationship, maybe they've never been in a relationship, but they can't seem to change the pattern of not being able to hold on to someone, you know, so it's, so this is where it's like, I know, through my own experience, we've got to get to the, we've got to get to the root, we've got to really dissolve it at the root so that we can transform what happens in the future. So yeah, that's my that's the journey.
0: Oh, I love that. I love. That.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just
0: like how, how deep you've taken yourself, and like, you know, like the commitment to you in all of that. Just, just you can feel it. It's just like, yeah, I'm gonna take myself to all the uncomfortable places. Yeah. Because I'm done with the somewhat com- comfortable patterns that actually hurt me in the long term.
1: Yeah, and I really saw them, and I didn't see them until I started working with Nikki. Like I didn't even notice like the kinds of men that I was attracting, and the kinds of, and 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 how distant they were, and how difficult it was for them to love me or for me to feel loved by them, which, as we know, is ultimately a repeating pattern of how it was, you know, when we were children growing up and our relationship with our mothers. So it's, um, it's it it was, I really did. I really went there. Like I really did go there <laughs> and I really took myself through all of it to, because I just, I just couldn't do it any, I couldn't keep doing it. And actually the experience of being with Adam now and, and, and the difference in, And, you know, nothing's perfect. Let's just caveat that. I haven't got some, like, secret source to an easy relationship. Like, relationships still show us the things, the parts of ourselves that need healing, right? They're mirrors. However, the love that I feel in this relationship is so vastly different from all of my other relationships. Not because he, I mean, yeah, he's a great guy. He's different, fab. But it's because of where I'm standing and how... I am able to receive that love from him and 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 how much I love myself. And so it's kind of this, like, it's like a, I say, like, it feels really meaty, like rather than like kind of wafty, like, do you, do you love me? I think, do you love me? I'm not really sure. It's like, it's there, it's dense, but that is a mirror to, to how much I love myself now. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I've, yeah, I did the work. Let's say that.
2: mm. Oh, I love hearing you speak. Thank you for, yeah, just sharing all of that. I literally could, I just want to hear more, just tell us <laughs> <to ask> more. <laughs> I, I, I think I'd, I'd love to know, like, for you, like, when you, you know, when you talk about that moment where you're like, I just can't do this anymore, you know, there, this, I just feel like this is so valuable for so many people listening, but there are so many people who, probably can relate to your story. Like they just feel like they just can't get it right. They just can't find that right relationship, but they just keep going and going and going. What what do you think it is that's like, when is enough enough? Like how, how, how can, what advice would you give to someone or what is an invitation that you would give someone who is experiencing that to really just take that responsibility and to know that there is another way
1: Yeah. Well, I think the biggest message is is that we can't keep blaming others all the time for our own experiences. And the problem is that we have been taught in society that it's everybody else's fault. They're a narcissist, they're emotionally unavailable, they're, you know, lazy, they're this, they're that, they're this. And ultimately, our entire reality comes from Within us, like it is literally, we create our own reality based on the stories that we carry about ourselves. So, if you were to just take a moment and stop blaming every person that comes into your world and actually t- stop and be like, wow, okay, I, if I'm creating my own reality and I am sick and tired of the men that keep coming into my life or the partners that come into my life, then I'm the one that can change it because if I'm responsible for what I see and what happens and what comes into me, then, then, then rather than constantly trying to find a different kind of man and trying to date differently and trying to, you know, like, I don't navigate the apps in a different way. I don't know. It's like, no, no, if you're going to mag, we're magnetizing people into, towards us all the time. So taking self-responsibility and being like, right, I am sick and tired. I want to meet somebody and I'm sick and tired of bringing in the same kind of guys or feeling consistently used or feeling that I just want somebody to love me for my heart and not my body, then great, come do come do the work. Come start transforming your world from the inside out and stop expecting to just be able to keep fixing the problem by by doing all these things on the outside because you're just going to keep doing the same things with over and over and over and over again. And it's really frustrating when you realize that it's very unnerving and frustrating and quite sad when you're like, Oh my God, I create my entire reality. Like this is coming from me. And I also want to say like, it's not about self blame because some people then will want to beat themselves up about it and, you know it's all me it's my fault I'm broken I need to be fixed and that's absolutely not it and that's not what I'm saying it's about it's a shift in 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 the way that you are being in the world will create a different reality for you but there's nothing to fix you know.
2: Mm. Mm, I love that I think and also to add to that, like we see so many like memes and things on social media that do contribute to that kind of blame, you know, like it's my fault. Like, I mean, just this morning, a friend shared <laughs> in a group WhatsApp, a similar meme that was like, I'm something about like, you know, all these guys that she's dated that just aren't right. And it's, um, I can't remember what it was. I'm not gonna do it justice, but I, I couldn't even reply. Cause I just remember thinking like, I don't think you want to hear what I have to say about this. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, we see it all the
1: time, don't we? Yeah, all the time. It's always, there's so much blame. And I think also in, certainly in Western society right now, there is this very toxic messaging around men and around the masculine. And it's deeply rooted in in feminism, which also, which is obviously vitally important for there to have been you know equality and for women to have moved to, to to shift, and it's also gone too far, and and it's become a man hating um, situation. And again, we talk. You know, if you're going around saying, "Oh, there's no good men. Where are all the conscious men? I'm never going to find a good man. All the good men are gone. All the good men are married." Like you, you're creating your own reality from that belief. And if you believe that, then you're just going to have you're going to get given people that aren't right for you, that, that that do treat you badly or that do, that aren't conscious or that aren't connected to their emotions. And I also want to say that one of the biggest things I realize, and I think this is a major problem for so many women, you can't walk around saying there's no emotionally available men, unless you have really done the work to be emotionally available yourself. And, I'd say that like 90%, probably more of women as well are not connected to their emotions. And that's no one's fault. That comes from conditioning from childhood. But it's this bizarre idea that we're all really connected. We all really understand our emotions. We know how to feel it, but men don't. And I would also say that it's actually, it's 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 women, we're the ones that are going to be able to, to, to shift things if we start to take responsibility to heal the wounds around our hearts because until we do that the masculine has got no chance like we we are our emotional centers are so much stronger so so therefore like if you want to attract an emotionally available man do the work to be emotionally available yourself you know like Mm. it's the harsh reality (laughs) so powerful
0: Mm. i'm just like sinking it in (laughs) yeah like just really it's so true and i so agree like especially around that like that toxic messaging around like men are just not good enough like no i don't believe that there's lots of
1: wonderful men out there there are so many wonderful men and i i i didn't to be honest with you like i was definitely somebody that dismissed men's feelings. I was somebody that dismissed men. I didn't really trust the masculine. Like, I'm not going to pretend that this is this is a journey that I've been on too. And it's only actually really having been in this new relationship where where he, he is so in his health, his masculine, his healthy masculine, and has made me start to see, oh my gosh, the way that women talk about men, if men talked about women like that, and I'm taking aside... There has obviously been misogyny and other things in the world. But right now, in the present day, the way that women talk about men, if men talked about women like that, there would be absolute uproar.
2: Mm.
1: Absolute uproar. And there is... We have to take responsibility for for how we are thinking and behaving and talking about men if we really want to find the good men. They're not going to come to you. Do you think that... you're not going to mm. magnetize a great man if you're like mineral wankers.
2: You're <laughs> so right.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I never thought about that. You're so right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's big, and I think that there's this, you know, this desire for women to be held and led and have this healthy masculine man, and you know mm. all of that. But I- and on the flip side, we have to learn how to receive and to be held and to not be in this like very you know masculine top like doing pushing chasing forcing energy which is what we've been conditioned to believe we need to be in because of society again this isn't blame on women this is a debate I have with my partner all the time he's like why do women do that why do they do that and I'm like but babe I get it like it's shit that happens but also we grew up in the 90s with like you know big brother not big brother what's that big breakfast and you know like lad ladette culture and the spice girls and all of this messaging where it was like we're a lad too we can do all we want we can behave like men you know you and so it's like we're having to decondition our minds in the way that we have been conditioned to believe that, that that's what equality is you know that we're drinking pints and watching football and and being powerful leaders which of course we can but just not in the same energy as as the masculine men it's yeah.
0: so like mm. got to give them a bit of space as well to show up because if we show up for all of it you know like show up fully in the masculine there's no space for them to do so either it, mm
1: exactly like yeah. what are, where do they think they're going to be useful if we're like don't worry I've got this I'm earning 100 grand a year and I've also I'm also raising the children and I'm also um I don't know climbing Mount Everest next week and I'm <laughs> you know like the women have it or can have it all messaging yes yeah. I'd say women can have burnout if they're really trying to do it if they're really trying to do it all yeah. you know like so it's like makes allow the masculine to hold you and receive the help that he's offering. Don't poo poo it when he tries to book a restaurant that doesn't quite fit with what you, what what you would choose. It's like, actually be like, you know what? I'm not going to nitpick that. I'm not going to criticize you. Like be like, cool. Wow. You booked a restaurant. Cool. Let's go. What time do you want me? What should I wear? Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that.
2: And Yeah I was just thinking that I because so my husband's really good with DIY he's a carpenter he's an electrician DIY is not something that interests me I don't if the light bulb goes out I don't want to fix it I could I don't really want to and I think there's always been a little bit of guilt with that you know like I'm not an empowered woman for changing my light bulb and I certainly have, have been told that by friends like just do it yourself you know I could but I don't want to and he wants to and he he's so good at it so now I feel like it's fine <laughs> there's a
1: there's a the balance right? Exactly like there really is you know and I think there's a I don't know about in the circles that you follow but certainly the circles I follow on Instagram and circles like in my life where it says this this kind of like slight pull back to more traditional roles in some way mm. and I'm like, I'm here for that. Like I'm here for that. And it's only really through conditioning yet again, that women believe that we have like, and of course you wanna have, I'm not saying like, I don't have children. I can't talk as somebody who is a mother. And a lot of mothers say, I needed something for myself again. And that's cool, I get that. But I think that there is this, the conditioning that this role of stay at home mum or being a mother is in some way lesser than someone going to the office and earning earning money. And it's like, actually, like, wh- ha- let's just question that for a second. Like, why? Where did this come from? Because I don't believe at any point back before whatever happened, that women, there was this belief that that was lesser than. I think this has come from messaging in society in a way, probably to get, I actually read this thing the other day and I don't know how true it is, I haven't done any research on it yet but the, the feminist movement part of the feminist movement was was from the government to to get all these women at home who are tax could potentially pay tax to feel crap about what they were doing at home and to get them into the workplace so they're starting to... so it's like I don't know whether that's true I can't say but but it's just about starting to question like why do I feel guilty that my husband's changing a light bulb it's because this message is that I should, I should be able to do it all. Do you have to do it all? Absolutely not. And he probably loves the fact that you're like, babe, the light bulbs are <laughs> changing it for me because it feels like he's able to serve you as the feminine. Like you're asking for, there's something that you need and then and, and, and he can protect you and he can provide for you. And whether or not he's conscious that that's what he's doing, that is what he's doing. And so that feels, you know, we've got to allow, I think we do have to allow space for the men to step up
0: yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah, mm. yeah. I think also in and with with mums I I was chatting to my mum recently and we were talking about feminism and she said that she feels like less of a feminist because she chose to be a stay-at-home mum and that broke my heart because, as you're saying, it's doesn't mean she's any less of a woman, or that she doesn't care about women and feminism and equality, and you know. But it's that that messaging.
1: Yeah, exactly. I actually met a, someone who lives on my road the other day, a new friend, and uh, she. I asked her what what do you know you do or what do you do, and she said, "I'm not working at the moment." She's, oh, I've, I haven't worked for a couple of years I've got a, I've got a four-year-old son and you know da, 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 and, and I could feel this like unease in her that she was saying that she, she's ultimately being a mother right now and you know we talked about it quite length and I was like you're doing an you're doing the best thing you could possibly do which is give you know not be having to rush home just to put your son to bed then get you know you're you can afford it that's amazing your husband can afford to support you let him support you like this the the mother the role of the mother does not go away even if she's got a job it there's like that that I saw this thing on um, Instagram the other day which I think is so beautiful that it's like the role of the husband or role of the man and obviously this is very difficult if you're a single mother but it's like is to really support is to support the mother in her mothering and her nurturing rather than you know this kind of although it should be you know shared parenting it it never is because the mother is just very more naturally the nurturing you know that nurturing energy that feminine energy so yeah Mm. yeah it's Mm. just like
0: you know land a little bit yeah I think it's so important and like so nuanced, and mm. it's like one of those. It's not black and white. It's you've just got to allow that. Yeah, the complexity and the nuance, and finding, finding your way with your partner. You know, like what feels right for both masculine and feminine energies to lean into. Yeah because because that need for uh, like masculine holding and feminine like leaning into and the feminine nurturing happens in all kinds of relationships like you don't have to be straight and heterosexual like it happens in in any form of relationship. and and I find that like such a, yeah important conversation that we're not told about like just yeah and totally. yeah I think it's like it depends in certain situations as well like it's not always the same person who's got to show up in the holding like the other can too and it just like how it moves and yeah there's so much as with everything like so much conditioning around that and
1: yeah, yeah completely and it does it will shift and change throughout a relationship like at some point maybe the yeah and it's an energy as you say it's not about being male or female i can only talk personally about heterosexual relationships and of being you know a woman because that's my experience however it is an energy it's not your feminine within a um a couple that aren't both heterosexual you will find one that's more in the feminine energy and more in the masculine energy just because the law of polarity is that is that is what will attract two people. And I think that's where I really realized in my previous relationships that I was so in my masculine energy that I was attracting men much more in their feminine energy. Um, and again, feminine energy doesn't mean somebody is like a camp or something like that. It's about who it's about who, it's about who is being the the kind of the one that's the strong one and the the, the provider and that I'm going to I don't feel my emotions and, and who is the one that's in their emotions and is much more kind of, you know. And so it, as I started to do the work and I started to change and I started to come back into much more into my feminine energy and more connected to my emotional center and my heart, my ex and I, it was like we couldn't we couldn't find each other again in that because I was changing so much and you know lots of other reasons too but I could it was like oh we can't the polarity's gone we're now just like we're like what's the word uh it was like rejecting each other you know propelling yeah, propelling each, other, yeah. each other yeah 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 mm-hmm.
0: towards really like to make space for something that aligned more because like you said like before you started doing the work it wasn't matching either
1: mm. well the polarity was matching but the intermo the, the biggest issue in our marriage was I mean there were lots of issues but the biggest one was no emotional intimacy and so you know in order to be emotionally intimate with somebody else you have to be emotionally intimate with yourself and so if you're not that's why I'm talking about needing to be to do the work to be connected to your own emotional experience you can't keep blaming men who aren't connected to their emotions because I can tell you now you're vibrating at that frequency and that's why they're coming into your world like yeah. and so we were both very disconnected from our emo- our emotional experience even though I'd say Carl's emotions were probably I should use his name even though my ex-husband's emotions were much stronger we are what was I trying to say
0: that you were like resonating and yeah Attracting because you were on the same like emotional disconnection. Yeah.
1: We were both emotionally disconnected, which meant that we were not able to be sharing with each other about how we were truly feeling, about what was going on for us. I was completely unable to ask for needs to be met. I didn't know what my needs were. I was terrified of speaking my truth. I never said if something felt bad. I kept my mouth shut. Continue for years I kept my mouth shut. And You know, it's like, that's why I have to take 50% of the responsibility, and like everybody. Like, we co-create every situation we're in, every relationship we're in. And so we have to take responsibility um, when things start to falter. Like, you can't keep blaming the other person all the time. It gets to a point where it might be like, I need to walk away from this because they can't meet my needs. I have repeatedly asked for my needs to be met. I have spoken my truth with kindness and love. I'm, you know, I'm connected to my emotions. And that's why I think so many relationships end probably much quicker or much sooner than than maybe they should because there's so much blame on the other person and there's so much you know like you need to change you're the problem you need to be more this you need to be more that and it's like if we can just slow down a minute and be like how is my stuff from my childhood that I have not healed yet creating these problems in my relationship right now and how can i go it's hard when the other person doesn't want to go on the healing journey too, but at the same time, what you're going to do, be stubborn about it and not be like, well, I'm not going to do it. If they're not going to do it, it's like, take responsibility for your own life. Take responsibility for your own well being, your own future, because whatever work that you do now, whether or not you're single or in a relationship is only going to benefit you going forward.
2: Mm. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, what about those who are in relationships where they're not completely, let's say, happy? I mean, that's so broad, but you know what I mean. They're 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 silencing themselves. They're not expressing themselves. They're not speaking up and and asking for what they need. Mm. But then they, you know, the 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 idea of breaking up or separating is even worse than where they are what what does that then i guess what am i trying to say i'm it's like what what happens then like when it's at that point where you're like no i i don't want to make a change but what what does that end up in i guess like how does that manifest into into reality do you know what I'm trying to say
1: (laughs) yeah well I think there's like I remember there was this one I was at this networking event recently and this lady who I'd met a few months before at the same event and 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 she said to me she said I love your Instagram I've been following your Instagram she said it really resonates with me she said but I'm a silent watcher I I can't you know I don't comment on anything I'm a silent watcher and I said okay and she said I'm just you know like I really I'd love to do the work but it's just so dangerous you know it's so dangerous and she's in her second marriage she's got grandchildren she's like you know and 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 i you know i can see what she means like people are scared of doing the work some there's like the people that are scared of doing the work in the relationship in case their relationship breaks up mm-hmm. um but i i would say to them like well you've got two choices like you could live for another 40 years you you have to you have to be willing to step into the unknown, you know, in order to be able to to blossom. You know, your whole life can completely shift, and 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 it doesn't mean that your marriage has to end. I know loads of people that have done the work and stayed in marriages. It doesn't mean that your marriage is going to end, but it means that you are so much more connected to yourself because ultimately it's all about your connection to yourself. The relationships that are in your life are just a reflection of what your relationship to yourself is like. So it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that your relationship is going to have to end. And actually as you start to shift, as your energy starts to shift, things may, you know, may well shift in that, in that relationship too. And, you know, my marriage didn't break down because I was doing the work. Yes, I started to shift and that, and that happened, My marriage broke down because I didn't do the work, because we didn't do the work, you know. And so I think like, but at the same time, I didn't even realise that I wasn't speaking my truth. I didn't realise that I wasn't like asking for my needs to be met. I didn't realise any of these things. I just thought something was wrong with me. I just thought that I was bad and that there was something wrong with me. And that's why this problem was happening in my marriage. But again, this is, this is where our stories, this is where our minds start to like take over. And, you know, I think you have to be very ready to want to do the work, but to do the really like the deep work, like you have to really, your soul is like, okay, I'm in, like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to hold back Um, because it's really uncomfortable it's really uncomfortable. And so I'd say like, if you're in a marriage and you're like, oh, I'm kind of unhappy, but I'm just going to stay in it. Then cool. That's your, that is absolutely your choice. That's your life. That is your, and that's your journey right now. Um, But the universe will keep knocking on the door until you are, until you will listen. And that could be through physical illness as well as, or mental illness. That could be through things happening within your marriage you just you don't know, but we don't. We're never taught to listen to what's happening. What, like listening to life, which is how Anna and I met on a program called Listening to Life. Um You don't. You know, we've got to start listening to what's happening. Like, okay, this argument keeps happening over and over again, or I keep feeling the same way over and over again. Why? What? What? What's actually going on? And so that that's the exploration. But I think sometimes. Well, maybe a lot of the time, it's almost like a rock bottom moment where it's like I can't keep doing this anymore. I you have to be at that like I'm really ready now. Like I think if you're a bit unhappy in your relationship, you could go and go and see a therapist. Go and see go and see a therapist for a bit. If you really want to do the like deep and dirty work to dissolve <laughs> patterns that you've been carrying your entire life, come work with me. Um, <laughs> Or Nikki, or Anna, um, you know it's like there's there's different ways of there's different ways of of approaching of approaching it, and therapy is a lot more of a it's more of a warm hug, I would say. maturation coaching. You want the deep, dark,
0: <laughs> uncomfortable? <laughs> you are not selling our profession
1: here, Alex. But like. I, I, I think some people do you know like I, 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 I did. did yeah I, and I, I did on a soul level I didn't know what it meant but I, I, I did and I like I love therapy I still have therapy now I therapy gets is brilliant I'm not down on therapy but I'm like therapy can keep you in your own story for, for, for years yeah so you know it's like do you want to really make massive shifts
0: yeah. in
1: your life and your love life and if you do then let's yeah. just do it
0: and it doesn't mean that yeah. your relationship needs to end it means no. the re- like the way your relationship is at that moment will shift yes but it doesn't mean a breakup like the relationship as you know it will end but it doesn't mean you have to separate like there's other possibilities that exist in there as
1: well exactly it's things like Oh, I've suddenly realised I'm not I'm I don't speak my truth. Why don't I speak my truth? Oh, because as a child I learned that it wasn't safe to speak my truth. Okay, let's dissolve the root of that story. Let's shift the space in which I'm standing. Now I'm suddenly able to speak truth in my marriage more, and how wonderful that actually I can speak more truth in my marriage. And now I'm able to ask for a need to be met. I didn't realise that I was abandoning my needs in order to be loved by this person. So now I can ask for a need to be. Met. So it's like there are so many possibilities that are being opened up from doing that deep work. That it doesn't, as I said, the reason my marriage ended wasn't because I did, I was doing this work. The reason my marriage ended was for a whole host of reasons. And as I said, because I hadn't done this, because I hadn't done this work, because I was attracting somebody and and I I have a great relationship still with my ex-husband. I mean, it's amicable, like we really worked through it, but you know, we chose each other from a wound and um and that wound just got bigger certainly for me anyway like I I didn't so yeah yeah
2: yeah thank you yeah I think it's that's kind of what I was trying to get to is like there's so many possibilities it doesn't necessarily mean like breakup if that's the what you think is the worst case scenario you know because for some people that is actually probably in hindsight it's actually the best case scenario to to break up you know um yeah so interesting and i i guess on that note Mm -hmm. how can people work with you tell us more about how people can find you and work with you because i'm sure so many people listening are like
1: tell me let me dissolve everything um I my uh Instagram is I at I am Alex Croxford so you can find me on there I'm very active on Instagram uh or my website is www.alexcroxford.com um I have uh, I'm running a retreat for single women in their 30s and 40s again I've just done one this weekend which was Awesome. I'm going to do another one in January. Um, the date has not yet been confirmed, but it'll be the mid to late January. So check it out on my website. Uh, and I also take on one-on-one clients as well to come and do um, deep work. I work with uh, women for six months uh, minimum because that's where we really get to the root. Um, but the the retreat is a really amazing way to get a really good um in fact I'm not even calling it a retreat it's not a retreat because that makes it sound like you just go and have sound baths and you sit in circle and drink a cow which we do do but we also really (laughs) do deep deep work so it's more of a transformational workshop I would say Uh, um and that's January 2024 and I'll run them throughout the year so just keep checking my website but yeah yeah either one of those
0: we'll pop your details in the show notes as well great And just to finish on like a, a lighter note do you have a favorite book and or podcast that you'd like to to share it doesn't have to be like related to your work but they're just both things that we really love so apart
2: from this podcast obviously
0: oh <laughs> um
1: my goodness you know a book that i'm reading at the moment which actually um I'm quite surprised because i have mixed feelings about the author but the book is actually really interesting and it's Jay Shetty and it's called the eight rules of love. I think it's called the eight rules of love. And, um, it's very, very interesting, really good way to start redefining the way that you look at relationships and the way that you approach relationships. Um, so yeah, I would actually just, that is my current, a current book that I'm reading that I would say, go check it out. It's not necessarily my favorite book, but it's a good book that I'm currently reading amazing. Mm. Or that. can I tell another one actually that's really amazing for people that have gone through a divorce and that is uh a radical awakening by Dr. Shafali. If you're listening to this and you've been through a divorce that's amazing. Yes.
0: Oh, thank you so much for everything that you shared. It was yeah. so lovely to have you on the podcast and to hear, listen to your journey and everything that you had to share. It was such a such a treat. Thank you.
1: You're very welcome. Thank
0: you so much for having me. It's been a delight.